So how do you go from complete stagnation to where I am today in a very short period of time? It's been nearly six years and it feels like a catapult. It feels like I jumped over a bunch of mountains and the question that is often asked to me is, how do you do it all? And the answer very simply is I never do it all at once. You can't, you cannot possibly do it all at once. Listen up, for such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Carmen, thank you so, so much. And it was totally a like spirit, knowing a like spirit when we met. It's the the whole vibe. It's the whole energy that Carmen projects. So I'm so grateful you guys have had her alongside your journeys of what I like to call evolution, right? Our becoming journey. Um, my first book, which was my, well, it was actually my second book, but my first solo book was called Always Becoming. And I really believe that's an element of obedience. And it's also an invitation to play in life a lot more than it is to think of a structured, uh, religious kind of step-by-step checkbox that people project is the, the framework for success. That is so far from the truth. And to know if success is always way over there, then what are we doing today? What is life today? Can we be fantastic today if success is over there? And so I've really learned to unlock this, the art of living in significance now, rather than waiting for an accolade, waiting for a new thing that I've become to be the new identifying factor of my quote unquote success. I'll give you a little bit of my backstory so you can parallel to where I am now. And this was before I met Carmen. Um, I walked through a really dark season and that dark season was based on a lot of what I now know I needed to own um, for decades, not owning who it was that I was becoming based on choices I had made and also projections that had, and choices that had been made for me. I know you all as little girls had um, influence of magnitudes, whether it was in the house in which you grew up, whether it was with the system in which you grew up, whether it was the era in which you grew up. I had awesome things like MTV. I I was also exposed to porn when I was really young. Um, I actually got sexually abused when I was three. And that ended up leaving me in this vicious cycle of living on the outside, on the fleshly side only, rather than ever dwelling on the inner being, on ever becoming anything that I was meant to be 
I was becoming what everyone else said I was meant to be. Whether it was a man, whether it was my mom, whether it was society at large, I was so success-driven, perfection-driven, and the smile that I wear now was actually a massive mask at the time. And when I see myself in pictures now versus then, my smile looks drastically different. The same energy that I come to now where people would mention and say, you light up the room, was coming from a place of depletion and a place of being void and having no idea who I was living for or what I was living for. All I knew was success. And so I was always on a rat wheel the American dream, if you probably are familiar with it. And at the age of 29, I had two amazing companies. One was a six-figure book brick and mortar in my local community. And another was a nine-figure uh, company where I had re-evaluated and redesigned the Australian nursing bra and brought it to the American, United Kingdom, and Canadian markets. Um, and so I was in the maternity and baby industry. I had two babies under the age of two, a husband at home. And I came home one day and I noticed my barely waddling nine month old baby, um, coming towards the car and I couldn't wait. We had barely just d- gotten done weaning from nursing. Couldn't wait to hold her, right? Any mom who might be in the room, you know, like I, I can actually feel my boobs right this second. I'm like, oh, I had a baby. My kids are now nine and 10. Okay. But it's just so, it was such a special uh, season. And instead of her continuing to come to me when I got out of the car, she turned around and walked towards my husband. Now, in that moment, no different than any other situation that you've been in, you have a choice to either step in to that pain a little bit or run from it. Well, I ran from it and I went inside and I just continued about my dollar signs on my phone and my email and all of the things that were not significant, but I was chasing success. And I had what I call a tombstone moment. And I would encourage you as your first activation, as you're reflecting is what does your tombstone currently say and what do you wish that it will one day say? And for me at the time, it would have said entrepreneur and maybe wife because I had a contract for one, but it wasn't a very good one. I wasn't walking in integrity in that covenant and mom, but kind of just um, complacent in that role, taking it fully for granted because I got pregnant fast and I got, I had babies easy and there was not really any complications in that role. And so was I fantastic? No, I was far from, I was good. I was coasting through life. We were the youngest uh, couple in the neighborhood. We had two nice cars and a white picket fence and a boy first and a girl second. And we were both fit. People literally called us Barbie and Ken. It was really annoying. But they were putting me up on this pedestal that I had to then live on. And y'all, no one is meant to be put on a pedestal. Because eventually that pedestal, no different than Joseph, if you're familiar with the story in the Bible, the pedestal that he was given was a colored uh, coat. And when that color coat was stripped from him and he was thrown into a pit, I chose to throw my coat in the pit itself. Otherwise, I was going to find myself buried six feet under. I was really suicidal at this point. I had a lot of depression and I didn't have language for any of it. And I sat in front of my computer this particular day when I decided I was going to quit all of these things that I was doing and start to actually be the, the person that I wanted to be on my tombstone, which was child of God wife and mom. I didn't know what any of those things really meant in the full capacity or the identity in which they could become. So I sat in front of my computer and I am typing in like 
a place to go? Is there a place that I could escape for therapy? I'd never gotten therapy at that point. Is there a place that I can go that someone can tell me what's wrong with me? Why do I have these suicidal things when I have this beautiful family and money and all these things? And I had no answer because everywhere that I looked up was like 20 to 40 grand. And it was asking me to come into a place around addiction. And at the time I was like, I'm not addicted to anything. I don't understand. This isn't defining me. I didn't have the ability to just up and leave my kids and I didn't want to. And so we are talking about this pace. Well, I went from rat wheel supersonic to zero very quickly. And that is a very hard thing to do when your identity rests in your title, when your identity rests in your labels, when your identity rests in your name tag. So for three years, I went on a journey of becoming. I started to minimize my life and also the things in which I had. And I started to maximize the who I was always meant to be, but I had never actually sat with and just dwelled with. When's the last time you took yourself on a date? When's the last time you wrote down all the things you love about yourself? When's the last time someone asked you this question, which was the defining moment of this three-year span, where my hot hubby is what I call him, Gary Hot Hubby. Everyone in my community knows him as such. He was uh, kicking his barefoot feet up on top of our picnic table in the back while the kids were taking a nap. And we were just taking a moment to communicate. I didn't even know how to communicate in my marriage. So I was doing a lot of inner healing. And he said, what are you passionate about? And I was silent. I had zero answers. I had started nine companies up until that point. And so his eyes got really big and he's like, you spent our life's savings on something you're not passionate about. You're not passionate about any of those things. And I just had no words. And I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and I was like, no, it's not that. It's not that. It's not the customer service. It's not the retail. It's not the designing. It's not maternity. It's not babies. And it ultimately came down to people. I'm really passionate about people. I love lighting up a room because I love seeing people light up. I love unlocking their dream because I want more dreams to come to fruition because what a better society when we're all standing in the dream state consistently and it's not a fallacy. It actually is our reality. We get to be fantastic today. And so all of that came to me starting what I now have as Fit and Faith. So how do you go from complete stagnation to where I am today in a very short period of time? It's been nearly six years and it feels like a catapult. It feels like I jumped over a bunch of mountains and the question that is often asked to me is, how do you do it all? And the answer very simply is I never do it all at once. You can't, you cannot possibly do it all at once. So if my feet are currently planted right here at my desk, in my office, at home, with my sweet little boy who is actually sick from school today, he's still here as my son and I'm still his mom in this moment. But my present energy is being poured into you. And so I am not splitting myself. I'm not wearing one hat this minute and another hat the next minute. I get to be all of me right now. And the reason that I get to connect with you with such energy is because I know parts of me match parts of you and parts of me you've yet to become and parts of you I've yet to become. And that is an invitation to thrive. 
that is an invitation to be more than we've ever been. And so I had this moment where I decided, man, I want other people to find out what they're passionate about and I want them to deploy what it is that they're meant to do. And I don't want them to wait until someone else gives them permission because ultimately I think that's what we're often doing, right? When it comes to success is we're waiting to have permission to become rather than just going after it and taking ownership in it and being excited about it. I, not a day in my life, have to sell anything to anyone because I'm sold out for a significant life. And people want significance. They don't want success. And so they want significance in their marriage. They want significance in their motherhood. They want significance in their business. They want significance in their health journey, their faith journey, all these different components of themselves. And so if that's the internal autopilot that everyone wants, how do we help them get there? I invited about 30 women, and this is how my business actually started with money exchanging. I invited 30 women, most of which didn't know each other. They kind of came from two different collisions of worlds. One, which was that uh, that supersonic Tamara, that one that was like working off of all of her depletion and all of her energy. And then the the one who found Christ, the one who was living in integrity, the one who slowed her role and understood what operating from a state of rest looked like. And one who is not willing to jeopardize my current desires and or become a chameleon just because I was invited into a new people group. That's an important thing to know that if you can rest in your identity, you can be invited anywhere and you become the culture changer. You become the atmosphere changer rather than it dictating how you should feel or what you should do from it. So I invited 30 women into this room with a very like, inconspicuous incognito text right around Christmas of the year before. And I said, Hey guys, we're going to have a new year's gathering. Here is the location. It was one that no one knew where it was because it was my husband's office building that was in like a commercial park. It was really dreary and dark and no street lights. And so they're like, where are we? Is Tamara taking us? I will tell you 30 women showed up. And they came in, everyone said yes. And we were in such a tight quarters because I wasn't anticipating everyone to come. Everyone was really crammed, standing up. Some were sitting on the floor. And I opened scripture to Proverbs 31. And I read about this woman, this woman who had it all. And if you've never read Proverbs 31, regardless of your faith lens, I highly recommend you reading it because you're gonna be amazed by this woman who wakes up before the sun rises. She is a landowner, meaning she has real estate. She's got property. She has multiple revenue streams coming in. She has a family that she sews their clothes for. She goes to the market and she makes all the meals and she does hashtag all the things, but she does it well. And so I raised the, the question, who wants to be like this woman in your own right? Not let's copycat, but who are you uniquely defined to be? And do you want these things in your life? And a majority of the people in the room raised their hands and I invited them in. And this is where you guys are going to learn some business tactics. So if you're ready for that, first, it's just an invitation, but you have to provoke curiosity behind the invitation. And a part of that curiosity, let's be honest, that you don't even know what's about to happen. You don't even know the full business formula yet. You don't even know what your business ecosystem or your marketing strategy or your sales funnel is gonna be. But you're sold out for an idea and you have a mission in mind and you have an ability by your voice or by written form, writing, I'm an author too, 
but you have an ability to what is called galvanize people to an idea and move them with intention into whatever that particular mission is for you and your outcome. And so in that moment, I launched a membership program. Again, I didn't really have the details. I didn't write out a curriculum. I didn't have anyone that was outside of my local community. So I didn't need to have this whole like email marketing system or anything like that. All I said is, hey, do you want to hold hands and do this together? I've been a business owner for the last nine years. I want to bring your passion to life. And in that room, only two people raised their hand to say that they are currently desiring to be an entrepreneur. Since then, 13 businesses have started. Since then, people have quit their full-time jobs to go after that passion because that was the environment and the significance in which they were meant to be sitting, but the world had told them they were supposed to be a teacher or a nurse or a lawyer. And those things are amazing and noble. And at the same time, they're just an infrastructure for something that you were already capable of doing. Why not teach in your own business? Why not teach and, and serve and heal people deeply as a nurse would do and create significance in the way that is uniquely designed to you? So from membership to marketing to a whole business ecosystem in 16, um, and six books later, not 16, that's a one day bookshelf, not yet there. We've got a couple. Um, and stages all over the world and community members that are all over the world and three different podcasts, one that has just taken traction since that moment. At the end of the day, the answer was yes. And I realized for so long, my answer was no, only if, and I was constantly looking for exterior resources. One of the biggest limiting beliefs that I'm constantly busting is that I don't have enough. I don't have enough community members. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough enoughness. I don't have a worthiness. I don't know how, right? And if we can move past that and we can play into it, meaning to be take ourselves seriously enough to have childlike faith. That's such a good statement. Take ourselves serious enough to have childlike faith. When we were little, People told us anything was possible, that we could become anything we wanted to become. And at some point that narrative changed, but I don't believe it was society. I believe it was us. And so when we can unlock that within ourselves, anything you want to do is totally right at your fingertips. And to know that desire in your heart is only yours, especially if you're an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, a podcaster, because people are looking to you and they're like, I don't want to do that thing. That's on you. You go do that thing. And like the Proverbs 31 woman, maybe you want to own land. Maybe you want to have generational legacy. Maybe you want to have a business that your kids can one day work in. All of these things are totally possible, but we have to remember this one thing. And I'm going to start sharing a couple slides if that's okay with you, Carmen. Because it all started with this for me. I loved people enough to start uncovering their message. Because your message doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others into their yes, whatever that is. So the question ultimately came this. What are you passionate about? In Japan, there is this word called the ikigai. 
It stands for your reason for being, your reason for being. And if you can figure out what your icky guy is, oh my goodness, it's very similar to the next model that I'm going to show you, which is what the Lord revealed to me through my business plan. But if you were to look at this, you're intersecting what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. And then you're overlaying your passion, that question that my hubby asked me, your mission, your vocation, which is what everyone is deeming. What is your calling? What is your calling? And then your profession, which is ultimately just your job, what's your job title? But oftentimes where these yellow arrows fall is where people are existing. They have delight and fullness, but no wealth. They love what they do. They're sold out, but they have no wealth. Wealth has a really big definition. That's a whole nother share. Excitement and complacency, but sense of uncertainty, meaning they're excited about what they do, but they're really comfortable with where they are and they don't want to bust through the limits of uncomfortability or discomfort, so they just stay stagnant. Then there's the comfortable but feeling of emptiness. Maybe you're doing pretty well, you're happy and content with where you are, but you just feel void. That probably was where I was. I knew what I could get paid for. I knew what my vocation was in the moment. I knew my profession. I knew what I was good at and I knew what the world needed, but I wasn't doing anything that I loved because ultimately I didn't love myself because I didn't know myself. How can you love someone you don't know? You don't meet the person even if they spark you from across the restaurant and you catch eyes with the love of your life. You don't know what you don't know until you start to fall in love. That's a part of the journey. And the last one is satisfaction, but feeling useless. You're feeling useless because you don't actually provide something that someone needs. You love it. And that's great. But we have to be mindful of not about our own sense of significance, but how does that significance tie in to what the world needs at large? You are no longer selling. You are serving when you shift into your icky guy and you understand your reason for being. So I didn't see this model until a couple years into my journey. And when I did, it unlocked this because I realized what the biggest problems were with the people who were coming to me to start their own business. The problem wasn't that they didn't have a decent business idea. And the problem wasn't their brand. They kind of figured out like, yeah, you're probably going to jump on social media. And these are the colors that I love. And this is the energy that I bring. The problem was that they were not intact with their being. And when I unlocked that revelation, not only for myself, because that was my problem, but for other people, I started realizing you're building your business on a faulty foundation. You're building your business on something that is not going to maintain or sustain because you're doing it for the world and you're not doing it from a place of desire or a place of significance. Money can only take you so far. You can't take a hearse to heaven, y'all. It's not possible. So all the things you might be acquiring in the process of your happiness journey, at the end of the day, you should need nothing other than some fruit. And that's my truth of bounty is wealth. And wealth comes from the fruit. What is the fruit that falls from your tree? This is when you start to think about resources. I never today, not then, I never lack joy. I have bountiful joy. I can pass it out to everyone that I meet. And I know when I go home, I'm going to have some more of it. I know I have kindness. I know I have gentleness. 
And so when I think about that from an element of resource, no one's talking to you about how do you resource a fruit? How do you serve fruit? How do you build a life of significance based on your fruit? It's knowing your identity actually propels your business and your brand. And so here's the next arrow points. Where are you? Are you in the belief that you believe and are ready to receive, but no one else can see what to commit to? Meaning you have no brand. (laughs) Basically, no one knows who you are. That's okay if that's who it is. There's so much we can do with that. Or you're a beam, you are a light and a spark, but your attraction has no follow-up action, no longevity, and no lifetime customer value. So people are like, I love Maribel. I love Kristen. I love them so much. I didn't know that they had a business. I had no idea I could pay her. I had no idea that we could exchange resources and spend time together. I didn't know I could learn from her. I didn't know I could receive from her. And so there's no longevity. So they're just like, okay, well, on to the next person. Because ultimately everyone's question, whether they just want to be friends with you or they want to do business with you is what's in it for me. What's in it for me. And that's why you can so easily be a salesperson. And all of you are, whether you think so or not, you could sell me on your hair wrap. You could sell me on that green jacket right? You could sell me. I'm sold. You don't have to say anything to me. I'm like, yes, she owns that with such confidence. I want it. And this is what people are thinking that they have to come up with something so wildly creative, something that nobody else has. But it's not about that. It's about being all that you're meant to be and then learning to monetize it. The last part, which is where I found a majority of my initial clients was you have a market traction and financial momentum, but you feel misaligned, you're stuck and you're lacking joy That's where I was. And so this is the becoming model. This is for mission-driven leaders who are ready to go to the next step and they're trying to figure out, yes, I hear you, I need that thing. But I hope already, without me even going any further, you've already realized, man, you've had some sweet moments of conviction to say, I could do that better. I could ask myself that question. I could get really real with myself and realize that I don't actually know my reason for being, that I don't actually know myself or love myself. And being in that place, though it seems like a place of depravity, it seems like a valley. Remember, rivers run in the valley, meaning your hydration is much closer than you think. Your growth is so much closer than you think. You are going to have living waters coming through you and being able to hydrate other people simply because you decided no different than the air mask rule when you get in an airplane, you're going to drink first. And so when someone comes to you for a need, you're going to actually have the ability to give them a drink because currently you don't have that or you don't perceivingly think that you have that, but you probably do. A question that I always ask people Um, when we get started or we're hanging out or any of the things is like knowing their passion is something I'm really passionate about, knowing their gift and their different things. So I might have a passion in fitness, but my gift might not be actually personal training. My gift might be the gift of encouragement, right? And so knowing your gifts. And then the third thing is being able to say, what's in your hands? What's in your hands? Because the limited mindset towards resources will keep you stagnant. It'll keep you in the know. 
And I told you from the beginning that the way in which all of this has happened, and I'm going to show you more of what all of this is and what that ecosystem looks like, how you can replicate it, is I kept saying yes to what I currently had. And I stopped operating out of a place of limited mentality and lack. And that lack is literally chasing you down every single day. That lack that says you're unworthy. That lack that says somebody else is already doing it. That lack that says, oh, she's got millions of followers. I'll just let her stay there. That lack that says I'm not good enough, strong enough, fast enough, vibrant enough. I don't have a good sound or a good voice. I hate hearing myself speak. I'm not eloquent when I talk. You guys, so many people in history have said they're not eloquent when they speak. And they are the most profound people. I had an opportunity when I was at a speaking engagement here locally. I was at a um, like a Christian worship concert on the beach. And I saw this beautiful girl in a wheelchair. And she was just grinning ear to ear. Her joy was overflowing while I was speaking on stage. And she came up to me afterwards in her wheelchair and she had a, she was quadriplegic and she had a very rich um, speech impediment. And she started talking to me and her, I didn't know the person who was with her started to interpret. And I was like, Oh, actually like I can hear her. And he was like, you can hear her. And I was like, yeah, I can hear her again. This goes back to practicing presence. There was thousands of people around us. And I got down on my knees and I got so in tune with her mouth and her eyes and the sound that was coming out of her that I could actually understand at least every second or third word. I could string it all together and she could have a conversation with me. And she was so excited. And I was hosting a conference about a month and a half later and I extended an invitation right there. And I said, you are called to speak, aren't you? And she was like, yes, I want to be a speaker. My whole mission is called roll called, roll called. You know, like a roll call when people are asked to do the thing and then they get put in position. She had the wheelchair. So there's the logo. She was roll called and she wanted to call out the greatness in other women. I ended up giving her an opportunity to speak at this conference and hundreds of people, majority guys, were not a dry eye in the house because they could understand her because I called them into being present. And she was so seen and known in that moment, so purposed in that moment. And I was doing it for her, but at the end of the day, I was doing it for the people to practice presence and to realize they had so much more in their hands than they ever gave themselves credit for. They disqualified themselves. How many of you guys have disqualified yourself over and over and over again, year by year, season by season? There's always a, but I can't, but I shouldn't, but it's not the perfect time. It's, but my kids are too little, but my husband doesn't want me to, but I don't have enough, right? And that, that own limiting belief, that disqualifying factor will keep you from that bounty that I mentioned. So understanding if your message doesn't just matter to you and it matters to move other people, you have to define what is that message? Most people are asking you to define your mission, maybe your value statement, maybe your I help X do X by X. 
Maybe they're asking you, what's your elevator pitch? But at the end of the day, no one is present enough on an elevator to get to know you well enough to convert into anything, even your friend. And so I want you to understand your unique testimony is what drives you to show up in the way on purpose because in the why is where you're supposed to be. When you are in your why, living your why, they, them, anyone, including yourself, doesn't have to be sold because they see you are sold out. And so the question is, what is your testimony that you stand on bravely, boldly, profoundly? What is that passion connected to it? How does your spiritual gifting create a business ecosystem that allows people to come in and experience your testimony and to truly be transformed by it? I have seen women start businesses because of divorce. I have seen people start businesses because of molestation. I've seen people start businesses because of, of things that aren't so grim, um, uh, like their, their, their passion for children. I've seen people start businesses from so many different layers and levels because they're a mom, because they lost a child, because it aggravates them, whatever that thing is, to no end, and they don't want anyone else to walk through that same testimony. I want you to stop thinking about what the world is projecting on you and to become what you can project on the world. Here's what it looks like from a business ecosystem perspective. I've said this word a couple of times. Everyone is giving you a funnel, okay? And and Carmen, I want to make sure that I'm I'm speaking life into your people particularly. How many of these women are, are starting businesses, considering starting businesses? So some of them already have a business established. Some of them are starting a brand new business and some of them are starting another, another business. Okay. Okay. Good. So this this falls for everyone. So there's, yeah. So this works for everyone and it's, it's perfect because the thing that we talk about in Flow Academy is the skills that you're learning here, you match and pair with your unique gifts to bring something to the world. It's not like how um, how I do it or how anyone else that's already graduated. It may look similar. Um, but it's going to be your unique way. So it pairs just so beautifully. Oh, good. I'm so excited. Okay. So this was a revelation while I was teaching this, um, older man, he had been a pastor for about 25 years and he wanted to jump into the coaching world. Um, this is something I'm really passionate about, um, is, is people who are operating in that lack scarcity mentality and they're not actually making money. Um, I don't think that money is the end all be all. I also don't think everybody is meant to be a millionaire. So when I share with you the millionaire messenger status, I don't necessarily mean that you are going to have millions of dollars by the end of next year. That is not as false advertisement for anybody who's giving it to you. I believe you're meant to steward what you can steward a little, and then you'll be trusted with a lot. And that's a big problem that a lot of people are saying, like, you need to have a six-figure business. Well, have you stewarded the four-figure business well? Because if you're earning that money and it's going in a place that is not actually a quality stewardship methodology, why in the world should you earn more? So this is important. And this process of a funnel is a lie 
The funnel is what literally everyone else is teaching. And I understand the intention behind it, but they're missing a key ingredient, which has been the rock in which this business has been built on. And I'm excited for you guys to have access to it today. It's going to help you change and shift the way in which you serve people. And the outcome of it is that you're going to be served in response in a really beautiful way without even asking. Okay. So this is the hourglass model. I, I am so, so connected to this. I literally have hourglasses around me at any given time to literally be quiet on a coaching call. If someone's talking and they're getting it, uh, uh, off base, I'll just turn the, I'll just turn it over. I won't say a word. And they're like, ah, oh, you're right. So I hope that this sticks with you because it's critical for you to be able to serve people well. So you'll see, and some of these words you've totally been connected to, right? No different than a traditional funnel. You're, you're in this like marketing. You're trying to bring people into the experience of whatever it is that you're offering them. Then you're actually acquiring the lead. The acquisition is generally like the lead magnet and the email marketing opportunity. Now you have their contact information. You can look at this from a dating lens as well. I've taught it all about how it's like courting and getting married. Um, the value that you're going to serve them, the message, right? I'm having you hone in on what's your testimony, what's your message, and you're building your entire life off of that testimony. What's the motivation for them to buy? What are you offering them at this top of funnel experience? First interaction generally is like one-to-one -one interaction is when they give you their first dollar. So up until that point, you better have something enough that's intact that someone has moved through the buying cycle to interact with you. Now they're courting you. They're, they're watching your, you on social media. They're listening to your podcast when they drop. They're like, Oh, she's going to that event. Maybe I'll go to that event too. They're watching you. They might still not be converting in any high ticket fashion or low ticket fashion yet. But nowadays we know because of our supersonic rat wheel and our exposure to constant information, what used to be you needed seven touch points is now 17 touch points before a conversion. 17. Because we are rats in a, in a, in a situation that we should never have been in. We cannot practice presence. And so you want to create experiences and atmospheres that bring people into practicing presence with you. And you can minimize that 17 exposure point back to the seven. But you have to be dynamic in that process and be very intentional with it. So now you're at the low ticket and what traditional funnels are always teaching is that center point, the, the extraction point of the funnel that doesn't have this bottom half of the hourglass is actually your high ticket. Yes, I landed the sale. I got the big lead. The big fish is good. We're smooth sailing from here. I converted the 60K client, right? And then that's it. So now what happens? They've extracted from your funnel. What do you have to do? You have to go back to work to market. You've got to bring more people in. You've got to constantly be in this vicious cycle of marketing and marketing and sales and marketing. But what if the hourglass was established in your business and you realize that it's actually not the high ticket conversion that keeps people connected to you. It's actually the experience that you offer that keeps people connected to you. So Carmen's here coaching you guys in this intimate opportunity. It's experiential because you're with her. It's not an e-course. She's not a bobblehead, right? And now if she was to bring all of you guys into a retreat, which is my favorite way to interact with people, is, is you have this intimate experience. Like you're going to see me when I'm drinking coffee and I've yet to brush my teeth, right? You're going to see me in my PJs. You're going to see me no makeup. You're going to see me sweating when I'm at my workout. 
You're going to have an experience with someone that literally bonds them to you for life. Then you ask for the high ticket conversion because only then can you truly know that you're capable of serving someone the thing that you have. They might not be a right fit. And I don't believe that you can make that experience or you can make that interaction happen without some sort of experience. It doesn't mean always that you have to have a retreat in person because that's not always going to happen in our business modalities. It could be a long form, full day virtual event. It could be that you're having a one-to-one, two-hour conversation and you get to meet their spouse in the process and they get to meet your kids. I want you to think about sales totally differently and think about the word intimacy. Intimacy, that stands for into me, you, see. You better create intimacy with your client so that into them you see and into you they're able to see. Because people talk about know, like, and trust, but I can assure you, you don't know, like, and trust all the highlight reels on social media. There's no way. And if you do, we will have a self-regulation conversation because those are lies, right? And so now you have the opportunity to go high ticket. And this is the coolest part. Instead of you constantly being in sales mentality and constantly having to market to new people, you now have a cheerleader for life. Someone who's going to spread the word of mouth. They're going to cheer you on. They're going to be your encourager and you get to cheer them on no less. Then it's the name bearer. They're willing to wear your swag. They're willing to rock your merch. They're willing to put your name, Fit in Faith, powered by Fit in Faith on their podcast. They're willing to be a part of your network. They're willing to go and volunteer at your experiences. Then you've got the community nurture. You're going to host opportunities for them all to come together and you're not going to charge them a dollar because you've already given the high ticket experience. And then my favorite part that most people, especially teaching business, are forgetting is that there is an evolution opportunity. That means when you change, when you grow, when you become, and that old business tactic, that old business strategy, that thing that you were teaching last year no longer suits you, it is not, I got to start all over and start my business again. It's, I'm going to evolve. And guess what? Those cheerleaders, those name bearers, my community is going to evolve with me. I'm going to teach them this too. They're going to come on this adventure too. They're going to play with me here in this capacity too. And so it's not hard then when I want to send out an email and I never present it to the open to the public to bring somebody into my very next experience. One, because they know there's integrity. Two, they know I wouldn't offer it to them if it didn't have value. And three, they know it's going to be done with excellence. Excellence. If you could trump anything else, perfection clearly isn't the answer. Nobody's perfect. We know that that's an old rat wheel that people tried to live on for a long time. Not true. But excellence, you can own excellence. And you can realize that your excellence in this season is going to look really different than your excellence in next season. And what's beautiful about that is you can give yourself grace for the you that you used to be and the you that you're going to become. I host conferences and do these things all the time and people will come up to me and they'll give me all the compliments and the accolades and all of that. And like, this was incredible. This was the best one yet. And I take the compliment because that's kind, right? And I'm always like, thanks so much. I'm so glad it was what, you know, what met you. This was my current capacity. This was what was currently in my hands. 
But inside, I'm having this conversation with God like, but it's not yet the thing. It's not fully the realized dream. I know that what they're seeing is only the tip of the iceberg. I can't wait to show them what next year is going to look like. Because I only got to actually activate three of my 30 million ideas. Come back. Come back. But I was so emphasized on serving them in excellence with what I had in my hands right now from the passion points that I have right now on the purpose of my testimony right now and to encourage them to keep experiencing what it is that they're meant to be receiving from this company at this time. And I don't ever have to hook and bait someone. I don't ever have to chase anyone down because they're in the ecosystem of my business. And ecosystem ultimately means at the end of the day that you have an LCV. If you've never come up with this number for yourself, I highly encourage you to process it. Maybe go back if you're a business owner and you've had your business for a while or project forward and you 100% can. And so an LCV is your lifetime customer value. My current lifetime customer value of some of the women that I mentioned were in that room when I asked them to come blindly that have since stopped their full-time careers or one of them that I'm so excited about is about to jump out and in June for hers. They are, they've literally been with me for six years. Everything that I've offered, they've taken advantage of because they know those three things that I told you. And so what I want you to know is our LCV at this point is about 60 grand. So over the course of almost six years, they've been willing to invest $60,000. Do you think they have an ROI? And guess what? When they first bought with me, guess what I asked them to pay me when I had that membership? $37. Now my packages are 40 grand. They trust me. They know me. They like me, luckily. And we have so much fun together because I show up in the me that I am right at that moment. And I'm not trying to be anybody else in the process. I'm not trying to put on a facade or a front. I tell them what I can and can't do for them. I point them to the people who can do the things I can't do. I don't hold it to myself as like a, well, this was my secret weapon to get where I am. And so I'm not going to tell anybody about that course or that book. No, be an open book with your community. Tell them the, the valley that you're in right now. Tell them that a partner just burned you and you're walking through a state of disappointment and I need some prayer. Tell them that the employees that you've had for four years are now starting and launching their own ministries. And so you are starting from ground one with your HR department. Does that hurt? Yeah. But does it hurt me more to keep it a secret? Absolutely. It hurts me more and it hurts my community because then they're in this space of facade. So I'm going to show you two things. I want you to take screenshots of them because I could go on forever. I love this stuff so much. Two things. This is the framework, the starting framework of how I turned my message into a movement. This is how I built it. This is how you can build it. Now, again, Carmen said it beautifully. Don't copy me. Listen to yourself. Listen to your heart of hearts. What suits you well? What order do you want to do it in? But know that the opportunity to have a business ecosystem is right at your fingertips. It's just a matter of what you say yes to when you say yes to it and what you're prompted to say yes to. Here's the second one. So if you were to stack these two together, that's my business ecosystem. 
from top to bottom. I am currently in the state. I launched my nonprofit last year and our school, our academy is launching in January of 2026, which is a massive deal I'm so excited about. It's an ordination and entrepreneurial school, which will then certify ordained marketplace ministers. And there will be a shepherd tank at the end where we'll get to, as shepherds, have an opportunity to mentor, have buy-in to their companies, and create on the business ecosystem of myself another level of multiple revenue streams. So at the end of the day, work smarter, not harder in marketing your message. And realize that there is so much capacity, so many people waiting for you to launch in and evolve in to your hourglass funnel. Wow. I myself wrote two pages of notes. (laughs) (laughs) Good. What I love that you shared and I hope everybody took away. And while I'm talking, everybody, I will open it up for questions. We have, we have a few more minutes. So please get ready to unmute yourself and, and ask your questions. Um, is that you're starting with what you had in your hands and you gave that example of you invited people in to join for $37 and now you're charging 40,000, but it, it doesn't just, it doesn't happen like overnight. But it takes time and it takes building relationships. It's something that I am talking about all the time. It's not just a transaction. Anybody can show up and charge something and earn a dollar, but this is a relationship. And the part I want to make sure that everybody was hearing is not only were her clients getting this transformation in their life, because Tamara was evolving and transforming right along with them. She was just a little bit further ahead than, than they were. And it's like a gift that gives you give it to yourself too. When you can show up and by the way, my word for this year is significance. Yes. <laughs> so good. So, right. Like we, we say in my community, of course that happened. Thank you. More, please, more, please. <laughs> right. Um, so that's my word for the year. And each one of the women that are in this room and that are watching on the replay have a special gift inside of them. And that's enough. And that's where we can all start. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way.
I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us and this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network, which is obviously why we got connected and are so grateful to be a part of the community. They have shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Some of mine that I listen to on a regular basis are on Life Audio. Even some of our community members who have been a part of the Fit and Faith team through our coaching or different organizations, they're there too. So I definitely want to drive you over there, check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio, for being you. Hey there, it's Nicole Yunus, host of the How to Study the Bible podcast, where every single week we join together to encounter God through His Word. You can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.